Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. I'll be sharing from um, Psalms 118, um, starting in verse 22. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, I'll be sharing it from Psalm 118, starting in verse 22. And in verse 22, this is the verse where Jesus is actually, this verse is applied to Jesus himself. Um, So we'll start together. It says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, do save, we beseech you. O Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. Please join me in a time of prayer as we just bless the Lord and take a time to reflect on him. Father, you are Good Father, you alone are good and you alone are worthy of all of our praise and adoration. We are in awe of who you are in our lives and the work that you are doing and continue to do through us and in your church. Father, we just give this time to you and we just bless your holy name and we ask that your presence will go through and bless every single soul listening on Facebook Live and on this Zoom right here. Father, we love you and we give you all the glory and all the praise and it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Are we back? Okay, good. All right. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, um, the cadence and the rhythm that that I'm experiencing is a little different. And uh, as we were reminded last week, whenever God is working, he invites us to join him and stuff. it always requires adjustments. You know, it, it, we have to make adjustments, and those adjustments require faith and action. And uh, bottom line, we all know that this um, this pandemic is is an unwelcome thing uh, in our lives, uh, and we will be dealing uh, with uh, this no matter when things open up. We will be dealing with the uh, aftershock of this for for quite a long time. Uh, but you know, my prayer is that we would continue to seek God's perspective on this and, uh, hear what he has to say to us. You know, I know it's not biblical, but you know, you've heard people say, you know, if you're given lemons, what are you supposed to do? Make lemonade. Uh, well, again, it's not biblical, but you know, I, 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 
and in, in, in a small kind of way, I think that's a lot of what people have been doing, at least a good number of folks that have had the opportunity to do that. Uh, not welcome, but like, okay, we're here and, and we are, we're still sheltering in place. Yes, some things were opening up. And by the way, uh, 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 church family and friends, uh, we as elders and leaders uh, are really uh, continuing to prayerfully and deliberately uh, look at every angle as far as whenever we will physically get back together, but stay tuned. You'll be getting updates, you know, via your emails. But um, uh, so while, you know, while we are still not together physically, a lot of people uh, over the last month, um, you know, I've been seeing them uh, in our all these neighborhoods. I've been seeing all these folks, you know, out in their yards and they're cleaning up their yards. And, and I'm hearing people talk about they're getting everything checked off of their honeydew list and they're doing stuff all around. And quite honestly, for the first month, I was pretty envious of that because quite my yard's pretty crappy, you know, and, but, and, and anyway, um, thank you, Lord, for it, but I'm trying to be a better steward of it. Uh, but um, there were, there, at the beginning of this pandemic, uh, as leadership, we began to make adjustments in order to be able to, to join God and what he's doing, what we believe God to do. And so it did take radical adjustments, which absorbed a good bit of time, uh, you know, on our half. And so my behalf and our behalf, and, and I, again, I'm just so thankful for the, for the army of folks that we have joining with us in doing life together. Um, but, uh, you know, I was a little bit jealous. I was going, man, I wish I could do some stuff, you know, out there, a honey-do list. Mine's, mine's really long, but, um, uh, so for the first month it wasn't happening, but I, I got the bug. I caught the bug last week. Show did. And all of a sudden it kind of opened up. And when I caught it, I mean, I caught it big time. Uh, just the other day, uh, my daughter, Sarah, she said, dad, what is going on? You've got 10 projects going on at one time. I said, Hey, I mean, I, this is just, this is what's going on. Um, so, we we're dealing bottom line is began to I began to deal with some stuff that's really been waiting on my attention uh for months. You know, you, you've been there. I know a lot of you've been there, you know. So started being able to deal with that stuff. And if I want to be a little bit more honest, I, I began dealing with stuff that's been waiting on my attention for maybe three to five years around the house. And since confession is good for the soul, I'll go ahead and tell you, finally, I began to deal with some stuff that um, uh, really has been needing my attention. Not yet. Take that back down. Not yet. I'm going to get there. Stuff that has been there 10 to 20 years. So let me tell you some of the projects have been going on, and, and, and I've not been alone in this. You know, putting up blinds and, and stuff that uh, uh, painting, uh, painted and put up a handrail that's been down five to 10 years. You know, my in-laws would come and I'd say, y'all just deal with it. They're trying to get from the basement up with no handrails. I'd taken it down five, 10 years ago. All right, y'all deal with it. Crawl up if you have to. Uh, but, you know, putting up the handrails, 
old rusted, nasty light fixtures in my front, door handles, all that, you know, just taking them down and just sprucing everything up, just a lot of stuff. But one of the biggest deals is cleaning out my garage. Now, for those of you that don't know me and hadn't been to my house, you're going, okay, that's, that's sweet. But for those of you that know me and have been to my house, you know that is, that is a terror. I'm, my garage is crammed full. You know, uh, my daddy, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit, you know, like my dad. You know, I, I, I get on to him, make fun of him. And I say, Daddy, you don't ever get rid of nothing. You're, you know, but I can understand you're, you're a Great Depression baby. And, and, and my excuse, I guess I'm just a Depression baby. I don't, I don't know because I, it is just crammed full of stuff. Now, I will say, I will say, you know, having six kids and, and them thinking that we can still store for stuff for them kind of adds to that. But um, whew, now, you, did you show that? Did you show a picture of the house, the garage? Okay. Uh, now, Facebook family, you're not going to be able to see. look at this is that's not even all the stuff. That's after that's after an initial purging. This is stuff that came out of my garage, but we're painting it, freshening it up, all the kinds of good stuff. But um, so we got a lot of stuff going on, getting some stuff cleaned out but though there's one daunting project there's one daunting project that we are finally facing that uh we have avoided for years and uh it's our walk-in attics space storage space on the third floor uh and uh quite honestly uh this picture for zoom family that you're seeing this is after we've done major major cleaning out uh it is crammed from floor to ceiling with clothes linens whatnots all this kind of stuff and here's here's the deal and maybe you can relate to this stuff we didn't want to deal with or at least we didn't want to make a decision at the time and so we would put it there we had this storage area where we could uh put it there and um and uh uh eventually, you know, it, it ended up to us just stuffing stuff in there. Uh, and you would open the door and it's right there in your face. It would be just right there in your face. And so we just heave stuff. We just chunk stuff over in there and, uh, and then slam the door. And year after year, that's kind of what happened. Um, so we, uh, you know, one day, probably a couple of years ago, um, the doorknob stopped working and it wouldn't turn. Mm -hmm. Woo, hallelujah. Finally, we had a good excuse out of sight, out of mind. Can't get in there. Uh, but during this renovation, I mean, during this cleanup and all this stuff that's going on, my good friend, Mark Malty, our painter, and, uh, and a lot of y'all know him and love him too. He, um, he was having to take out some sheetrock in the ceiling of my garage and uh, over there in the corner uh, near the kitchen over our refrigerators is like a four by eight uh, piece of sheetrock. And when that came down, it exposed that area that was right adjacent. Uh, it's just right there adjacent to that was that attic space. And, and, and so the revelation was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute, Mark, please don't patch that up yet. Leave that open. 
And I said, Felicia, we can go up there and just start cramming stuff down, just shoot it through that big old four by eight opening. You know, if we can just get in that closet and we won't have to haul all of that stuff up and down. And so uh, reluctantly, she agreed. So we got in there, got the door open. And yes, it was uh, kind of a nightmare. And it ended up uh, not being able to, um, well, we couldn't even get to the hole that four by eight hole in the ceiling. There was just too, too much stuff. We couldn't even get there. And it would have been days before we could got there. And so uh, I said, all right, you, you go and cover it up. So anyhow, we started that project. And uh, I'll tell you this, pretty exhausting, uh, along with everything that's going on. But I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, uh, we're nowhere close to being done, but we are making some amazing progress, and uh, that's always good. But I will say this: we're not doing it alone. A lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff that, well, there's a there's a spiritual deal on that. So, uh, one of the things that when we were cleaning that. that, you know, that our kids had brought from all of their great journeys and travels. You know, there was this little uh, guitar from Mexico that one of them had brought. There's these little salt shakers uh, that from uh, South Africa and uh, these tie-dye shirts from St. Thomas. And uh, this, uh, oh, we found a feather, uh, this feather comforter that Felicia and I bought uh, when we were on a honeymoon in Switzerland. Uh, There was... um, you know, puzzles from Greece. Uh, I found my ladder, my cargo ladder that I've been looking for to take to Dream Hill. Had no idea it was in there. Uh, y'all know, y'all know how this kind of stuff works. But I tell you, one of the most interesting thing was a sealed envelope, sealed envelope that my daughter Sarah, who's now, uh, well, she's a couple of months away from having a baby. She had written, I think it was at 16 years old, she had written a letter to her future husband. It was still sealed. And so Evan just, I I don't know if he's opened it yet. So, I mean, just all kind of stuff in there. But it really made me think about, you know, one of the souvenirs uh, that uh, is probably most notorious. And that is when my kids, especially Bo, uh, what's Bo? One, two, three, number four. they would bring back hermit crabs every time we'd go to the beach. Y'all remember those days we'd bring back hermit crabs and uh, uh, just, you know, all six kids running around. Plus we have other people living with us all the time. And uh, so those hermit crabs, you know, live a tested life, no doubt. And I just remember the story. One time I, I, I left my bedroom, got up in the morning, I was coming into the kitchen and I looked on the floor and down there on the floor was, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. Um, but it was, uh, um, as I, at further inspection, it was a dead hermit crab. He had left his shell. The shell was up on the top balcony. Uh, and I asked Siri what hermit crabs is. It says hermit crabs are a decapod crustacean of the superfamily, blah, blah, blah. Uh, most of the 1,100 species possess an asymmetric abdomen concealed in a scavenged muslet shell, whatever. But anyway, a little scrawny little something or another that was dead, dead on the floor. 
And I was sharing with one of our friends, which most many of you may know, uh, who's a, uh, who is an, a, a self-proclaimed introvert. I was telling him, I said, let me tell you the strangest thing is that I, I went in there and this, this hermit crab had jumped off out of its shell onto the kitchen floor and died. And he went, duh. I mean, what would you, what would you do if you lived in the D's house, you know? Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, so a lot of souvenirs, a lot of souvenirs that, that we picked up and you're going, all right, Mike, you've spent all of this time yakking about all this. What in the world does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do, especially with church and God and all that? I was wondering kind of the same thing, actually. But so let me share this with you. Um, I've, especially during this pandemic, I, I, I've been getting up earlier and I attribute a lot of that. God just saying, all right, get on up, get on up. You got things to do, places to go. Um, but a few mornings ago, I woke up and I looked at the clock and it was 3.33 a.m. And my first thought was like, Lord, now? You know, now? Uh, and, and I kind of said, well, I feel awake and so, okay. You know, I, I'll get on up. And then my very next thought was Jeremiah 33.3. And, and I said, all right, God, I got that. I know that one. I've, I've said that um, thousands and thousands of times. I know that. Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. I said, God, I got that. I mean, I preach on that. We talk about that when we talk about how important it is for us to pray. And uh, so, but I said, all right, all right, I'm going to get on up. And I think Jeremiah 33, 3, all right, we're going to get on that. And I'm going to just kind of soak on that. I'm going to ponder on that a little bit. And I, and, and maybe this is TMI, but you know, you know, my, I have my quiet times in the bathtub, you know, and, and it can be hours. And I, I, I'm glad we got a big hot water tank. So I'm just sitting there hanging out with God and, and just, I was just pondering that. And by the way, I'm not afraid to admit that. And because we're not judging during this pandemic because I drive a, you no know, people, you know, I drive a girl truck. It's a Mazda van. I call it a girl truck and I take girly baths. So, I, hey, whatever. Um, so I was in there and, and, and just pondering that. That, that particular verse and just going, all right, Lord, what, what, do, you, what do you want me to know? I mean, uh, what, do you want, what do you want to say to me? And, and that's always a good question for us to ask when we're, you know, just reading this word. And so, you know, I was just thinking, all right, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. And, you know, we all proclaim that. We, we, we preach that. We share that. We tell people that. But as I began to think about and did a little background study on it, it was like God began to, to help me understand that it was a little bit deeper than just kind of throwing out a slogan. Because as, as I was looking at this, in chapter 32, toward the end of chapter 32, and if you have your Bibles, you might want to grab that and kind of look at some of this stuff because it's absolutely amazing. And what God is referring to there, what God is referring to there is something that Jeremiah already knew. He already knew. Look, it's beginning with verse 26 of chapter 32. It begins to talk about, you know, 
God says, the word of the Lord came to, to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Question mark. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. And he says, I'm about to hand this city over to the Babylonians. And so God had revealed to Jeremiah because of their rebellion, the people of Israel, the people of Judah. He said, I'm, I'm handing you over. You're going into exile. And then later on, he says, but yeah, uh, there's going to be some teaching during that particular time because God is good and God redeems what he allows. He says, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. In verse 32, uh, uh, 36, it says, Jeremiah, you're saying to this city by the sword and famine and plague, it will be handed over to the king of Babylon. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banished them, and I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. So, so Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things, great and mighty things, great and fortified things that you do not know of. And yet this particular passage is referring to what Jeremiah did know. So I think what God just really impressed on me was this. He was saying, Jeremiah, I, I want you to call to me and I want you to humble yourself to me. I want you to surrender yourself to me. And I'm going I'm I'm to show you Something that you know, but you, you don't know. You, you know, but you don't know. That particular verse is saying, you call out to me, you humble, your, you get to a particular pl place to where you're really to surrender. Really, really, really surrender and just say, God, okay, okay. I'm not just going to give you a little bit. I'm giving you all of it. He said, I want you to cry out to me. And I'm going to reveal to you that which requires greater revelation. It, it requires that, it, it requires breaking through the fortified city. And, um, and I began to think that, wow, you know, hey, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know, but you don't know. And I began to think, wow, there's a, Lord, there's a lot of stuff that I know, but I don't know. I know, I know here, but I really don't know. And then God began to direct my heart to this reality. There's, there are folks that are with us right here this morning. You know, you, you know about salvation. You know what it means and what it takes to be saved. You, you know that, but you, you don't know. I mean, you, you may have gone to church and been religious, but you've never come to that particular place to where you go, I want to experience your transforming salvation in my life. Lord, I just kind of relinquish that to you right now, and I trust your method of that, and it is for by grace are we saved through faith. It is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, nothing I can do, but I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as the ultimate payment. I know about, but I don't know. I mean, think about it. There's some of you that you know, 
you talk about God's forgiveness all the time. You know, but you don't know it for you. Um, and, and today God is saying, I want you to call out to me and you will experience my forgiveness. Enough of the guilt and the shame. You know, but you don't know. Think about that in freedom. We talk about being free in Christ and the freedom that we have in him, but how many of us are ruled by fear or the opinions of others, or we're still bondage, you know, in bondage and slaves to our flesh and the habits and this and that and the other. And God is saying, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know, but you don't know. But I will break through that fortified city just call, just empty yourself, just come here and just let me do that. Let me do that. Think about God's mercy. Think about God's grace. Uh, think about this. Um, there's a lot of us that talk about, you know, we say it, we say it every week. God is good. We talk about God's goodness, but you don't know God's goodness for you. And he's saying, call to me and I will answer you. I mean, really call out, really, really call out. We know that all things are possible with God, and yet it may be that you're there and you really don't know that all things are possible with you. See, you, you know it, but you don't know it experientially. And he's saying, I want you to experience that. Come on before me today. Think about faith. We talk about faith and how important faith is and faith in God. And yet he's going, yeah, you know, but you don't know. There's so much that we experience in our life that um, that we know, but God is saying, "I want to, I want to reveal it to you. I want you to keep calling." And you're going, "I don't get it. I don't get it." He says, "Keep calling, keep calling." He He is moving. He is at work, and He is inviting us to experience Him in, in an amazing way. And here's the deal. Here, here's my here's my whole point about the early stuff the early stuff I was talking about. In this pandemic, I don't know that we would refer to it as a journey, but it is because we're all experiencing it and we're experiencing it worldwide. Here's my question to you. Hmm. What souvenirs will we take with us from this pandemic. What souvenir will you take with you? Uh, I asked Siri, here it is, Siri. What souvenir? A memento, a keepsake, a token of remembrance. What souvenirs will you take with you? Yeah, I know what God wants us to take the souvenir of his amazing salvation, where you can say, look at this. It was during that time I finally bowed before God. It may be the souvenir of, of, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of handing over to God that which you've been hoarding in your attic. Oh, what, a, what an opportunity that we have. What souvenirs will you take with you from this pandemic? But I will say this, that it will require some cleaning out. In order for you to do that, it's going to require some cleaning out, dealing with stuff 
that you know you've needed to deal with. You dealing with stuff that's needed your attention maybe for a few months now. For some of us, it's going to be dealing with stuff that's really needed our attention for three to five years. For some, it may be 20 years. But we've thrown it up there, and because of our busyness and because of all this going on, um, we've missed it, and we've left it. And again, my plea for each of us is don't waste this time. Don't waste this isolation, no matter what boat you're in, whether it's like fun, man, I'm on vacation, or if you're going, this is stressful. Please don't waste this time because God is inviting us to experience him. You know, I went back and read, um, I read with verse 1 of 33, of Jeremiah 33. I just listen to this, listen, listen to this. Verse one, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Wow. While we feel confined, while we feel restricted, what a great opportunity for us to hear the Lord a second time. Something that he has reached out to you before, and now he's calling out to you again. This is what the Lord says, verse 2. This is what the Lord said. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Wow. Um. In verse 30, in chapter 32, I'm going to close with this. In chapter 32, we see what God was doing and what his promise was. And I think it, it overlays exactly what God is doing for each of us. When he was telling Jeremiah what was about to happen, the exile was coming, and yet God was going to call him back. He says in verse 37, I will surely gather them from the lands where I've banished them. And then look what he says. And I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. Verse 38, they will be my people and I will be their God and I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them and I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me and I will rejoice. God said, I will rejoice in doing good and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. Wow, what an amazing promise. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Number one, I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to respond to what God's in, inviting you to do today. And throughout this pandemic, I want you to do exactly what we see here. Pray, call to God, call out to him, and, and continue to ponder scripture. You may not need to, to say, God, what do you want me to know? Because he's saying, you know, but you don't know. Let God show you that. Let me tell you, I can't wait to hear about your souvenir. 
I'll tell you something else. The world can't wait to hear about the souvenir that you bring from your sweet time that God does in your life through this pandemic. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we just come before you right now. We just thank you for your amazing love. Lord, give us the grace and the courage at your initiative, at your invitation. Lord, to begin right now, today, don't leave where we are before we deal with that. Lord, you've told us needs our attention. And may you just redeem it, redeem it. For some, Lord, it's our faith in you. For others, Lord, it's salvation. For some, it is our family relationship. It is broken relationships that you want to put back together. For others, Lord, it is freedom, freedom from fear. God, we just come before you today. And we want to bring a souvenir that would bring you honor and glory and that would allow others to see that there's nothing impossible for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, our Zoom family, we're going to continue. uh, But Facebook family, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. And uh, we're continuing to pray with you. Please drop a line, make a comment, shoot an email so that we can Uh, continue to do life together on this journey. God bless you. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.